Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you, first of all, for being here and streaming the show. What you guys may have not known is due to COVID-19, Marlon and I have been practicing social distancing, and we've been using Skype to record our episodes for the past couple at this point. Um, this episode in particular, due to connection, it might not be the best in certain areas when it comes to audio. We apologize for that, and bear with me, okay, as I begin to really learn how to work and navigate Skype and how to edit it properly. We're going to fix it for next episode, but let's get into this show. a lovely day. It is Easter Sunday. And, um, yes. And, you know, this week is a Midwest persuasion going on. I'm the only one on the east from the East Coast going on in this today. That's right. Um, so I only felt it right to, um, to pay homage mm-hmm. to one of my favorite tunes. It goes a little. It goes a little something. A little, a little Negro spiritual goes like this. I'm calling, baby, you're selfish out too. So much I can't help it. Oh my, you're my lady, but I can't. Oh, to be with no one but me, baby. That was cute. You know, you saw what I did there. I gave you a little Chicago. I did a little jazz on it. I went around to Detroit. Took a little detour to Detroit real quick. You know. Randon got real confused when you started singing, but it's okay. They chuckled, and that was the whole purpose of this, okay? I am I am an icebreaker in this situation. Okay. Um, welcome to a social experiment. Um, better known as um, this one, Bert. No. Welcome to a social experiment. Um, fuck Rona three hundred five. Um, yes. <laughs> comments when common sense wasn't enough. Uh, um, oh my god. Two, uh, 212. And then mm-hmm. also, um, ooh, Millennial um, Night Court, wash your hands, 306. Wash your hands, 101. And coughing to your fucking elbows. What's wrong with you, nigga? Yes. Welcome, yes. welcome to, uh, I promise y'all, we ask this question every week, and my god. We have more questions every time we come back, and it's who raised who raised you? Hoes? Who raised you? Um, this week I am gonna be um Gucci face mask. Okay, so we're we're doing. Mm. Mm. I just felt real old because I don't know who that is. Oh. 
I'm a Gucci face mask. I'm, this is not a rapper. It's not You're a literally I'm all a fa- I'm a face mask see. that is made of Gucci. It's, yes, yeah. God. And I dated yeah. myself what again because I I literally thought that was a name of a rapper because that's how they name themselves these days. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What do they say?" Because I would have been, I, I would have been, um, why, why, why be in Gucci face mask? There you go. That would have been my rap name. Yes, God. Yeah. I you know what? And just, I, you know what? Gucci man needs to start finding these niggas. <laughs> this week, since we're doing this generational thing, I'm gonna date myself, and I'm gonna be Malira this week. Malira? Nobody knows who that is. Google. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, okay. Right. We'll, we'll <laughs> do that. And um, you guys, if you guys have not noticed, if you're really not paying attention, um, we're not here alone this week. Um, right. This is our very first crossover episode. Yeah. Drum roll for that. <laughs> um, they were actually supposed to be here. Physically, it is. Yeah, you know, fuck that whole road. And her and her edges because they already said fuck her anyway. But we are joined by another podcast this week. Um, ladies, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Um, so we are misadventures with Ray and Danny, otherwise known as Amrad. I'm Ray. I'm Dirty Dan. Here the fuck we go. And I guess yeah. we talk about ourselves a little bit or whatever. Do we have to? This feel like class and I don't want to. <laughs> you know, I got I mean, you know, it's not class. It's girl, let them know who you is, what you oh. did, and they need to get familiar with you. That's just that on it. We are Well, I'm the funny one. This yeah. fucking light skinned ass mother. <laughs> Here the fuck you go with the fucking <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, nigga, whatever. Fuck you guys. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we're best friends, I I guess, whatever. Roommates from Chicago. (laughs) And we hate each other. Love each other, but we hate each other. South side forever. Fuck these West Side niggas. They don't don't got shit going on for them at all, period. Yo, can I tell y'all the funniest meme that I saw on Facebook today? (laughs) So the meme said... In order to get rid of the coronavirus, which side of Chicago are you sacrificing and why are you choosing the West Side? Okay, it's gotta be the West Side. Y'all niggas don't stay indoors for me. Listen, if y'all are from Chicago, that's a little Chicago humor for you, and it should definitely fuel the South Side, West Side about forever for now, but whatever. That was funny to me. I like that. These niggas been sleeping forever. Life is so insane. Fuck the police. 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 F
I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. All right. I'm like, all right. Hey, right. Um, and since we're talking about the generational thing, uh, we are clearly much younger than our peers here. Um, I am uh, Marlon's baby sister, like the baby. Yes. So we're, we're happy to have sibling love on the show today. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. And lots of it, damn it. God damn it. Oh Jesus! And we are out of all of the siblings, the most alike. Yes. What fifteen and a half year gap between us? Yeah. 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 (laughs) My parents was popping that shit like crazy. So it's six of us. Um, we all either one or two years apart. Yeah. The youngest of us about six years apart. Yeah. Well, damn. You know what? I ain't going to this segment, child, so we can get this shit started. Yeah. Well, let's have a little. Let's have a little fun. Um, I didn't per se because I didn't. Uh, as you all know, most of y'all have been sitting at home, so since was a little more common this week. Um. Welcome to a segment I like to call Scroll On, Get Your Ass Up and Flush. Um, yes, stop hiding in the bathroom. Stop hiding from them damn kids. Mm-hmm. Um, all that hot stuff. Um, so, to start Scroll On, I'm going to ask you, ladies, because I haven't watched it yet, but I've been getting synopsis. And Marlon, of course, you're included in this. You know. um, did anyone watch the Clark Sisters, the First Ladies of Gospel? I did not. No, 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 I didn't. Okay, so I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. However, it was, of course, the buzz all over all social media yesterday, um, especially yes. when I saw the part where um, Twinkie had sold the catalog for a Cadillac. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I didn't know um, is that they're from Detroit. Um I this I didn't know, so I showed you how much attention I pay. I just don't. Um, <laughs> I didn't know they were from Chicago, oh, Chicago from Detroit. Um, I will plan on watching it tonight. Um, at starting after this week, there will be a segment. There's going to be a new segment. Marlon, what is the segment going to be about? I, I don't. I don't know what what is going to be about. I missed it. What happened? <laughs> it's going to be about insecure. Because you know tonight, you know how I feel. You know how I feel. I know, but I don't. I can't. I gotta find a way to watch it. I ain't got no cable. I don't see your fancy. Oh, we can. We can. Yeah, we got. We got a login, baby. You can watch it. Yeah, we got HBO. Um, Hello, y'all. Thank you. (laughs) Now, I'm gonna be honest, y'all. Gonna be talking about insecure. I'm gonna be staring in the space because I just don't see it for that show. Um. (laughs) How? How? Houseway. You don't have Why? I've only watched season one, but I will say it's a decent show. I tried, y'all. I did. For my people. You feel me? But then I was like, this fuck is y'all talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what don't you like about it, right? Just say like, mm. <laughs> Just say like, okay. Because it's loosely based on her life. I don't. <laughs> it's so. Why your life gotta be like that, sister? <laughs> That's her life. She can't help that. We are the puppeteers of our own destiny. <laughs> I'm, 
But you know, she's cute. She, I, I am not a fan of Issa's work. Lisa, she's very cute, very sweet girl. Not gonna watch her films, but I will promote them. That makes sense. I'm rooting for everybody black. I just don't intend to watch everybody black. You feel me? (laughs) Fair, fine. Um, That's fair. That's fair as fuck. That's fair. It's fine. Did um okay? So what have you since we're all in quarantine? What have you guys been watching? Foreign oh. films. Oh. <laughs> Hit his bitch go. <laughs> um, <laughs> we watched a lot of Korean movies. Oh, we have. We watched, watched a, a lot. lot. Of international <laughs> yeah. Yesterday we watched. The thing about Kevin. We, we need to talk about Kevin and like. All I gotta say is white people are stupid. But anyway. Then he shot up a school with a bow and arrow. A bow and like Candace Everdeen tees. Like what the fuck is you? <laughs> How is this happening? And how would you? Why would you? He shot up a school with a bow and arrow. Like I don't. I don't want to know. I don't. I I didn't. And like the whole movie, we're like watching him grow up, and we're like, he's clearly a psychopath. Like he's clearly. White parents, all I'm gonna ask you to do is when you see the signs, take your kid to a therapist. Like, I don't. We've been watching Dexter, and it's the same thing. Like, you knew he was a psychopath, but instead of taking him to a doctor, you said, Let me teach you how to be the best psychopath. That don't make no sense. That don't make no sense. Uh, Well, you know, when privilege strikes, child, you know, they just do whatever the fuck they wanna do. So, I I guess. I'm saying, just kill him. That's the solution. So this bow and arrow dude, what is the name of the show? It's a movie. It's a movie. It's like, we, we, we need to talk, talk about Kevin. About Kevin. Yeah. We need to talk about Kevin? Yeah. And we also have it's watched, we watched um, To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Jude Newmark. I wish I could have been there to watch that with y'all. It's probably one of my favorites now. Yes. Um, second favorite movie is definitely Train to Busan. <laughs> and then it's Parasite. We like Korean films. <laughs> they are Clearly. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> um, we watched it, uh, 200 Pound Beauty, like, two weeks ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about that. What was that? The Korean oh, movie. Oh, <laughs> they have this, this poor, poor girl in this horrible fat suit. And um, she's supposed to be really ugly and disgusting, and she's like, only 200 pounds. I'm like, baby, you are a small fat at best, but it's okay. <laughs> and everybody's like, do you think I'm like, no, she's fucking gross, but she has a beautiful voice. And I'm like, you niggas are weird, bro. Yeah, because 200 pounds, that ain't, that's, that's regular. That's how much I weighed in eighth grade. What the fuck? <laughs> she has complete 
body surgery. Like every inch of her is surgically enhanced and lipoed to death. And now she's stunning, but nobody seems to recognize her voice. And she tricks everybody into thinking she's Jenny, but she's a Korean American, but she's she's Hannah, and everything just goes to shit. It's all for this ugly producer man. He's not ugly, but you know. In the end, she doesn't even go for him. She doesn't even go for him. She says, fuck you, and she leaves. And I'm like, what was the point of the fucking movie? (laughs) (laughs) But it was cute. We laughed. Oh, it was funny. I, I almost choked on my wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Lonnie, what have you been watching? We, so, I have suffered through majority of Tiger King. Um, watch that. I've only watched one episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, prepare yourself for Tiger King because. <gasps> It is a train wreck of white privilege and white trash all mashed into one. He's fucking finished. You know who we needed the documentary on? That Colombian king who was smuggling drugs through these animals and now got a child. Oh, no, 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 no,
And then she's like, and then she thinks everyone is just stupid. I'm like, no, bitch, you killed him. That's why you haven't have found a fucking body. You ran, and I hate to spoil this for anybody that hasn't seen it yet or plan on seeing it. You ran, okay? Five years and a day after he had went missing, you went to declare him dead. You had all the files pulled from his fucking office, and you had yourself as the executor for all of it and gave his kids less than fucking 10%. You are a piece of shit, woman, okay? And one didn't have a memorial for him whatsoever, a funeral, nothing. And went in like the the fucking will came days before he went missing. It's a mess. It's all a mess. It's a huge mess. It's a train wreck. I mean, I I watch it. And they they missed. And my biggest pet peeve with the documentary is the misgendering of staff. Like, they never discussed that he's a trans man, and so they keep calling him she and referring to him as, like, Keely or some shit like that. Like, their dead name. Oh, you're talking about the, the, you're talking about the one that, that had the arm ripped off? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> and they do the whole body erasure, because, like, it's supposed to be that they're straight, but, like, are they straight? Like, we don't know that. They were- Never. They were literally, they were gay for pay. That's what they was. And, and uh-huh. mm-hmm. a lot of it. Poor babies. Lots they, of math. Lots were, of math. And I'm like, y- y'all are sticking in head. Like, why would you do these boys? And why did y'all let him? Like, and everybody in this, every, it's all cult. It's all culty. Because <laughs> they're all following these um animal hoarders uh, like their dogs. And it's like, no, these are regular, regular humans in Oklahoma who are devilish at best. Why the fuck would you drop off your daughter at the time she was like 16? You dropped her off with one of these guys and said, don't fall in love with your boss. That woman stayed there for like 10 fucking years and she admitted that eventually she ended up developing a relationship with this guy. You, sir! There's a lot of shit wrong. And they do, and he does the most basic shit, which is like um, strip them of their identity and their family. Yes, like that. Yes. like they don't. None of them answer to their names anymore. It's all whatever the fuck he calls them, and it's just like and decides their outfits. Yeah, and decides their outfits. If that's not I, some Holly Manson type shit, bro, I can't. <laughs> but it's an interesting documentary to watch. So if you have not gotten the opportunity, please go and watch Tiger King. Thank us later. Netflix didn't pay for that. Cut that check and bring this way right. that. Um let's see what else is going on. Marlon, I don't know if you need to know this, but today is the fifteenth anniversary of the mis- the emancipation of Mimi. The album. Oh, how nice. Don't, don't don't you do don't you do that? Don't Listen, Mariah's nice, but yeah, yeah. Mariah's nice, but I ain't never been a fan of her like that for real, for real. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were just looking to this album last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Is there anything worth us talking about this week? Um, because relatively y'all been in the house, but y'all oh. Tuh. Um, Carlton Morton of Love is Blind wants another chance to find love on season two. Um, I don't know if you guys seen or remember what exactly happened with the show. Um, 
he basically befriended this woman and they started to romantically become involved, quote unquote. Um, and he revealed to her that um, he's bisexual and she didn't receive it well and he just completely went on a complete tangent toward her and it led to a whole backlash on social media. Now, mind you, Love is Blind was actually recorded two years ago. Mm-hmm. Two fucking years ago. So now he wants another chance to go back onto the show. <clears throat> he wants to not keep like, harassing her on social media. He's posting her all the fucking time. Talking about she got me blocked. And I'll pay you a thousand dollars if you can get her to unblock me type shit. And it's like, she don't want you. She don't want you. Stop harassing her. <laughs> like a little deviant. For what? And it's just it's weird. like that's weird. You think you need to go to jail? That's called psych. They need to lock your bitch ass up. <laughs> <laughs> um. New York announces that the public schools actually are to remain closed for the rest of the academic year. Um, saw that coming. Right. Um, I thought they had already done that though. That was the thing that was confusing me because I thought they had done it like they were like, okay, the rest of the school year is done completely so i don't know what this is about are they talking about until like december or what meaning they're not going back to september they are done done okay but i thought that well i guess with the way y'all shit going up there they should have been done that chicago been done that why new york then because new but york you know is, what they had already pulled because y'all cases are like exponentially growing every day mm-hmm. And they do not want to cease operation. They do not want to fucking cease operation. Please don't understand. New York Pride has not officially announced cancellation yet either. What? Chicago ain't Chicago. New York has not officially announced the cancellation of Pride yet. Danny, Danny, I'm not catching. Holding out. I don't care what you don't want to catch. I don't have to know. That's the difference. That's I can't. I'm not gonna let you die alone. Anyway, <laughs> we all die alone. Like, I can't hold hands as we go to hell. No, can't stand her. Anyway, um, child, this is. I don't even know that. I, 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 this is shit. <laughs> and did y'all see that poor um nurse just crying her her eyes out? In her video, she's up in New York. She's not from New York, but she came down to help with the COVID-19. She had worked the worst shit of her life. And she kept saying, I'm just so tired of going in the patients' rooms and there's a dead body. And like she's like, I just want y'all to know that we're human and this is hard and we feel the same thing y'all are feeling. We just can't show it right now. And she just stopped for like five minutes straight on camera. No, I didn't see that. She about it. And I'm just in the Uber crying, and it's just too much. And I and just and also I don't like y'all's fucking governor, and I don't like the way he's trying to play everybody's faces on a national level. <laughs> like he's taking it as an advantage to eventually prepare for a presidential bid, and I'm just like, you still aren't doing what you need to do for the city that are charge like for your state. You know, you're upping the carceral. Um, legislation instead of protecting your people and you won't let these niggas out of Rikers and they're going to die there if you don't and you're not you're not taking any of the real precautions you just 
are doing these fake ass fireside chats to make the rest of the world feel better. But like I see your people struggling all the time on social media. I'm sick of him. Mr. Andrew Cuomo, you can catch these hands, brother. <laughs> I, and him and his brother think they so cute fighting on the fucking national like on the news and shit. Fuck y'all. That's all I wanna say. <laughs> and I just want everybody out there, you know, you guys to be extra, extra safe. We out here in Springfield and ain't nobody doing shit. So Yeah, that's my best friend lives at Springfield. Yes, God. <laughs> but um it, it's, it's mind boggling. It a lot of and I say this and literally this is gonna be my note, but I'm gonna say it now. Fuck it. Pay attention to these fucking corporations. Pay attention to how they respond to this shit. I'm not saying like corporations, rental properties, these companies in general. Just pay attention to that shit because majority of them are willing to put your lives at risk for a fucking dollar and they don't give a shit. Because as soon as this shit is over, what is going to happen? They're going to replace your ass with a wreck and somebody's going to be quick to find it because there's too many people that are unemployed right now. Far too many people. So look out for that shit because I'm telling you, a lot of them will risk your fucking life just so they can make a profit. Yep. So trash. It's all trash. That's all I got to scroll on because y'all been in the house. Y'all been TikToking me to fucking death. I'm annoyed. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear Savage. I don't want to hear Vibe anymore. I don't want to hear any of these fucking songs that y'all have TikTok challenges to. I want y'all to sit the fuck down. I want y'all to find a book to read. I want you to pull out your gaming fucking system. I want you to do something instead of being here consistently on my goddamn nerves, doing the same shit over and over again. I don't want to hear Don't Rush. Talk to my fucking clothes. And see you're changing every five seconds. Girl, find you something to do. It's far too much time. That's the difference. I need everything. You know this. I don't know what. <laughs> Once we shit well, I just mute it. Yeah, she do. Or none My timeline before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! It's annoying. It's so annoying. All right. <clears throat> so, I guess we will jump into the thread and get everything started real quick. So, this mashup episode is going to be about generational gaps. So, we have roughly what? Are there three generations amongst us right now? I think so. You know, you know I, I, seeing that I am the youngest here. Um, <laughs> you tried it because this, <laughs> you are the middle child in this scenario, and I will not allow you to do that. Okay, you tried it. Let's see here, Grant. Okay, you won't try to disrespect me, and I still look better than you, bitch. So what? <laughs> Just because you slept on some Vaseline before you got in this damn camera don't mean that you look better, honey. But you know what? This Vaseline does wonders, but I still see your grace. Continue. Anyway. And I still... Don't let him do you like that. No, he's trying to read me on this camera. No, that's why he's doing it. This is what I say all the time. I don't never start with Lonnie. I don't never start with Lonnie. Lonnie always do this. Always do this. That is the problem. That is the fucking problem. So, I thought 
Because yeah, grave at least four years ago. <laughs> so we are going to have a meeting of the minds on generational gaps, and I challenged everybody to come up with at least six questions to ask the generations involved in this session. So everybody's got a couple of questions that they want to ask the other generation, and we're going to kick it off and answer them and just have fun with it. So uh, we are going to let our guests go first. So either one of y'all jump out with one of your questions, and we'll get into it. Who was president when y'all were born? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh damn. Bitch, hold on, oh, let me damn. go to the Googles. Hold on, because I don't even right. know. Right. Oh, damn. I don't even know. Well, we had two different presidents when we were born, didn't yeah. we? I think that was president in 1996. I think mine was the daddy. You know what? Yeah. I and knew I, it. So, I, I was wrong with Bill Clinton. I did not have a relationship with that girl. <laughs> So, Marley, you want to go first? Yes. So, Reagan was president when I was born. Same. Same. Ronald Reagan was president when we were born. Yes. We both were Clinton, unfortunately. So, just a lot of scandal. A lot of scandal. Yeah. A whole lot. I'm not caring about brown people and gay people. And, of course, when have they ever? Real. I mean, fair. Women, you know. Damn. Oh, I, didn't have relation- I didn't have relations with that woman. <laughs> How do you feel about black people from a scale of one to ten? One being I don't but, care, ten being I want to help these niggas. They always go a three. <laughs> they always go a three. Because like, <laughs> campaign. But then once I get in there, I don't give a shit. You know. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That was good. It's all trash. It's all trash. So. Okay. Next question. Did you all both have your individual questions or you're asking questions collectively? We made a collective list. Yeah. Okay, cool. Same. Okay. So, Lonnie, you want to ask your first question? Um, I think I do. I think I'm ready for this. Um, my first question is, and I think mine is more general than anything. Why is your generation so nonchalant? Do I seem nonchalant to you? I'm speaking just like you created the questions <laughs> of the collective. I'm asking you to answer the collective. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think it's because we had y'all to look up to, and y'all finding weren't exactly, you know, on team. <laughs> Boom, pal, damn. But don't trip. Once you hit like what twenty, shit get a little different. Shit get a little like, oh, we finna die. Honestly, we've already mm. seen much at this point. Yes, that's like 30 plus. And I've, <laughs> I've seen a lot of shit. I've had two recessions. We are in the matrix. We, we, we kind of get a little bit of everything. So I'll go through times like 10 and then we get depressed. Yep. 
and then we want to and then we have to fix it. And like, yeah, right now I have to tell people, I'm like, if you don't want to vote for a rapist, racist, cop, motherfucker, then you don't have to. It's okay. Um, instead, we could just burn this shit down. See, that's my solution. Is it? <laughs> it's just flipping the table and then lighting it on fire. That might be because I'm an Aries, but but the point is things will have to change after that. For who? Oh my gosh. Okay. And before before we go True. So, so now the niggas have if to... we burn the shit down, we 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 out of here. Sure. They shut us off on both. Not if we kill them all. Whatever you so like, okay, so if you, okay, so if we go with you all's idea on how to change all this shit, if we just burn this shit down, what is the, what does the reformation look like in your head? Well, I think you have to bring back the fundamentalist papers. Yeah. Start actually listening to the, the marginalized voices and putting in the plans and learn from other countries instead of just focusing on American ideology because American ideology is rooted in colonialism and imperialism and capitalism. And we can't survive on capitalism as the pandemic is showing us, but nobody wants to listen to us because everybody in power is old and white and straight and horrible um, and destined to build wealth, determined, even though they will never be billionaires because billionaire happens by horrible things. And then they're supported by people who want to be billionaires so bad, but are only making $10 an hour, but how are you going to be if you can't get more than $10 an hour? And then, so you have to remind people, you have to indoctrinate to people like, like our dad, like we have to tell our dad, hey, I want you to know that these people don't care about you because you keep saying that you have all this hope, but it's not going to you know, happen. And that's why I have conversations with dad with that a lot. I'm like, hey, this shit is just shit. And so... We have to do something. I, I believe in rallying, but we have to make a way so rallying successful to people who are disabled. And so I'm liking the whole um, digital rallying petitions like that and fighting and making the calls and sending the letters and using the template. And, you know, obviously we can't focus on electoral work because electoral politics gets us in this situation over and over and over and over again. And so... And now, if you are and not to and not to interject, excuse me, if you watch Thirteen, you kind of find out who exactly the electoral college is. Yeah, and they don't care about us and what we want and what we need. And then we have as long as they as long as they have their firearms, and you can create these mass shootings every couple of years. Speaking of yeah. mass shootings, we have a question. Oh, so I love how I segue. I love how I segue all the time. That was a cute segue. You did. Oh, what was the first school shooting or mass murder that you can actually remember? I'll tell you That's- that my first one that I actively remember was Sandy Hook. So I, I think I think me and Marlon might have the same answer, and I could be wrong. But the one that I remember was Columbine. Columbine, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember Columbine vividly, only because, like, after it happened, because my friends and I were like the eyeballs, and we were kind of goth at the time. Mm-hmm. Like people, I remember after it happened, 
we were just we were terrible people but we all like we were already into like wearing black dog collars all that shit and then we decided that we was gonna come like in full gear the next day and like people literally parted the hallways as we came in because yeah but that's the one that i actively remember columbine Y'all, uh, you and your friends are something the fuck else. <laughs> yeah, you know. Why? Thank you. See, Sandy Hook, I was in like the seventh grade, and the reason it stuck out to me was because they were children. Like, they were like babies. And I was still in grade school, I think. And But I wasn't really worried because we were in the hood on the south side of Chicago. And the people with guns on the south side of Chicago are going to use them on other people with guns and not us. So I wasn't really sure right. that. But, like, it was just like, damn. So something's going to change. Like, like something, they're going to prevent this. And then, like, what, two years later, another big one happened anyway. And I was just like, well, this is just who we are. So, and... <laughs> It just kept happening after that and over and over and over again. Or at least I was, you know, old enough to pay attention to it happening and it was clear to me you know, that things weren't gonna change and we keep saying gun control, but like Oh, that's the one that was for me. It was more than ever more for me. And I knew that was the one I remember. I'm a bro. Uh, I don't know. You don't know the one that happened and I that's why I didn't go to that school. Because they have too many of them <laughs> Um I don't know a lot of the details of it, but I do know that um, my cousin was going to school at that time, so that's why I know. Mm. Um, somebody shot up the school and I think they killed uh, like 15, 20 students. And they have a memorial of it and I do and they always show up whenever you go on tours and shit. And they're like, and something to remember. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's just weird and it's creepy. And I think that's the one I remember the most. The, um... You know, that's crazy because now I associate NIU with bad things because that's where Marlon, you remember Diamond, right? My old best friend. Yeah. He went to college and, you know, Diamond died almost a year and a half ago. Um, But it wasn't related to the school itself. Uh, It was just health problems. But I only acknowledge Northern Illinois University with bad things. So that makes perfect sense. The only other college shooting that I actively remember is the Virginia, Virginia Tech mm-hmm. shooting. I don't know. Okay. Now, my, my, the one, besides Columbine, the one that I remember like to this day, and that's because I'm from the East Coast, I remember 9-11. That I, remember, I remember being here and going through 9-11 and I remember when the plane first crashed and they talked about it on the news and then the second one happened. I remember how gloomy that day was. And I'll never forget when a teacher came to the class and she asked any of us if we have any relatives that worked in New York. And it just that's all they wanted to know. And we were like, no, luckily both of my parents worked in Jersey. I'm like, no, nobody. So walking home from school that day, all I remember was seeing the smoke coming from Manhattan. You can mm. see it in Jersey. Like, you can see it in Essex County. You can see it in Union County. You saw it. And how, like, every it took years to prepare from the damage from 9-11, but I remember it vividly that day. I was, like, in, like, either 6th or 7th grade when, when, 9/11 happened, when 9-11 happened. Wow. 
Marlon, do you remember where you were? Oh, yeah. I remember because I was supposed to go to work that day, and I remember getting up, and it was on the TV. And I remember watching the TV, and the first plane hit. And at first, I thought it was like a prank. Like, it it was so surreal. It was just like, what is this? Like, they bullshitting us right now. Like, who does this? This is really cruel. But then, like, shortly after seeing the second plane hit, and it was like, whoa, this shit is real. Um, I remember actually going down to my job that day, and they were already, like, doing memorials for people and releasing balloons and all types of shit. It was just, it was... It was a really surreal feeling, um, but yeah, I remember that day vividly. It was a weird energy in the air that day because it was so magnanimous. It was crazy. You know, I don't remember it. I was four when it happened, and the only thing, it, the day itself doesn't, like, I don't remember much from it. I just have stories from mom and dad, and... Mm-hmm. The story was my whole life. The first plane hit. Daddy freaked out. He comes to come get me from school because I had just started preschool. And I was not there, which caused him more panic. And he sat outside the porch on Princeton for hours when my mom and my grandmama took me home because they had taken me to the mall. Oh. And daddy just being pissed off because, like, everybody was going to be next and they were going to hit the Sears Tower and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And daddy has never let it go forever, ever, ever. But, like, other than that, like, I don't, that's only a story that I've heard. Like, but I don't remember the day itself because I was yeah. too young. And do you remember it? Okay. I told you my story. So I was a teacher's pet. <laughs> I was in my second. <laughs> of preschool and I always helped my teacher read to the class because I was a dance reader or whatever and so I just remember somebody coming in the classroom and my teacher leaving and me finishing reading and then she comes back and she's like all right guys we're gonna stop reading um we're gonna call your parents you're gonna go home and I was pissed <laughs> it's my first book today um because it's my favorite book it's like a genius <laughs> And then I just remember going home, and my mom had to move on. And by the time I got home, the second plane had hit. Like she was a lot of work because she worked at Chase Bank near Sears And so, um, and she was pregnant with my brother. And she thought she went into she thought she went into uh, premature labor because that's how stressed out she was. Um, was my brother became a demon after that because um, he was born in December. <laughs> he was born a few months after that and it just it was crazy yeah, yeah that's nuts I really shouldn't have been I was like, excited about the wrong thing yeah I mean well, you're all the fucking four I was turned right. okay so that means you weren't five anyway cool so I'm not I'm not I don't care anyway <laughs> Marla, um, you have a question? question from Bye. us. <laughs> um, what? Hmm. I'll ask this one. What contributions do you feel your generation makes to society? 
Mm. The oldest of our generation. Mm. Oh, we're learning. And technically, to be fair, there's a lot of young radicals out there. Yeah. Right now, mm. being a railway who are a lot of marches and are actively fighting for policy and legislative changes, who are writing books a lot like Yusefi. And, you know, basically trying not to be shaken. <laughs> no, speak the truth. Yeah, Put that shit out there. I think that we're going to do activism in a way that doesn't turn into a commercialized performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Our generation, no, no shade, no offense, um, has made careers out of being um, reactionary activists instead of actively yeah. doing the work and a lot of regurgitating of smaller organizers. And I think that we're going to be the generation that does more of the grassroots work. And, you know, there's destined to be a few outliers who are going to make careers out of it. And I, again, when it's time to bring out the guillotine, they'll put on there. Um, You're going to hear this sound of shit from me a lot. Sorry. (laughs) I believe that we listen to your frustrations to the point that we are angry as well. And... You know, we've gotten to the point where we're shaking off that uh, respectability politics bullshit. So we're going to come back to that era of like just Molotov cocktails and stormy uh, mansions. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the step towards it. Um, And I think we're going to be known as the generation who's just mad and tired because we are constantly losing people. Like people are constantly dying, we're losing idols, we're losing people who um, could have been saved, everything that could be preventable, and we're learning, even now in this during this pandemic, that you know, people aren't giving a fuck and so, we're losing young people because everybody told us that we would be in this shit, basically, and that was stupid and I wish that nobody had ever said that and I think we're just going to be that generation who is going to be fed up, and hopefully we don't reach that point of pure apathy I know that that's what some our English teacher told us that we had to be, we had to have feeling about it. We couldn't be apathetic. We had like she, I would say she's the one that radicalized our class. Like she's the one who was like, you have to pay attention to the politics around you. You have to see what people are doing. You have mm-hmm. to listen. You have to know these campaigns. You have to know their talking points. You have to know their policies. You have to be able to pay. Like you have to pay attention because otherwise you will be lost and you will not know and you will vote for somebody who does not care about you. And or if you don't vote at all, who knows what's going to happen? I, I feel mixed ways about that, but um, I believe that we're going to be the generation that reads, <laughs> um, and hopefully the one that calls out bullshit. And I and I see it a lot on online. A lot of us are. I know we we have this reputation of being ignorant and bratty and you know sensitive, sensitive and all that. <laughs> But like all I'm asking you not to do is not say the R word and not nigger and not hoard wealth. I don't think that's an issue. I'm trying to ask you not to be ableist. 
I don't think that's sensitive. I think it's asking you to be a decent human being and recognize the humanity in other people. I'm asking you to not kill trans people. I'm asking you not to kill me. I'm asking you to just be human. And if you can't do that, that's a, it's not something that's wrong with me. It's something that's wrong with you. Yeah. You know, and I hopefully, I have high hopes for our generation. I hope that we prepare the next generation well. Mm-hmm. And because honestly, that's a big tool for the future. I'm seeing a lot of people in my generation, um, shout out to Deshaun Harrison, who are writing the books and they're writing the pieces and they're, they're getting the knowledge out there and making it accessible. And I think that's important. Um, and even kind of, sorry, sorry, go ahead. You. even like within my own family, I'm breaking generational curses. I yeah. could have had a kid at 14, but I didn't. And I think that was something for my family, especially me focusing so heavily on getting an education, whether it's graduating high school, going to college, going to grad school, shit like that. Even to this day, my parents are so confused as to why um, I don't have a kid, I guess you could say. Like they're a little confused because the majority of the people in my family started having kids six, 15, 16. Yeah. And it's like, here I am, 23, no kids. I'm talking to niggas, but I'm not on that shit with them. All she did was entertain. Yeah, yeah. I just entertain. And um, then, I think that's the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, and that kind of, I didn't realize how much it affected younger siblings. My sister's probably 21. Yeah, she's in a relationship. Yeah, you know, she's talking about niggas, whatever. But ain't no kids. Ain't no kids. <laughs> ain't no kids. She's in school. She's a junior this year. And I'm extremely proud of her. Mm-hmm. Not just for going to college, but for, again, breaking down generational um, curses and shit like that. Yeah, so, and I, you know, on that same wavelength, I think that that's a lot of what our generation is doing. <laughs> you know, like, think about our family. Martha, like, no shade time. Sisters are always in had And started... You know, in high school, like, Mary was pregnant at her graduation. I shouldn't have said her name. I don't really care. She's not listening to this. Um, and, you know, and not to even throw you under the bus like this, but, like, I'm the only one out of daddy's, what, 12 kids? 13-ish, yeah. To have a college degree, I'm the only one, like, you know, yeah. big sis kept saying she was gonna keep going. She was gonna go. She was gonna finish. She was gonna get this degree. But like, it's not happening. You feel me? I'm the only one who wasn't. You know, who according to daddy kept their head. Like, like wasn't never caught up in no niggas. Wasn't never acting a fool. You know, and acting a fool. You know. Whatever. And I'm the one who didn't party, who didn't smoke, who didn't, which is subjective. <laughs> um, and I'm the one who, but I'm also the one who left, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you did too. Don't get it twisted. You obviously left. I'm, And I think a lot of that for, you know, mom and daddy, like, it's like seeing you all over again, right? Like, Mm-hmm. I'm, kid, I'm the one who's open, who's loud. I'm the one, and honest, the one thing that I would say that I did differently than all of you would be loud about me being uncomfortable. I, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I would say that my generation does well. Like, I'm unhappy, and you gonna fucking know about it. Um, and like, I, I told mama, like, I, and not to get too dark here, but I literally said, either you're gonna take me to this hospital. I'm gonna swallow all your pills and you're gonna have a dead daughter. Like, what? which one do you want? 
and they had to do it. And I was like, you're gonna like either you're gonna pay attention to what's happening in front of you, or you're not gonna have a kid. So it's up to you which one you choose, yeah. right? Like, and me doing that saved me from a world of heartbreak that I think our siblings are going through literally all the time, right? Like, yeah. I'm very vocal with Daddy about how I feel about the shit that he even does to us, right? Like, I'm like. You can't keep doing this shit. You can't say this and then talk about how proud you are of me. About how you want to be with me. and You can't, you know, choke me up and then say, you know, you the world me. No, nigga, that's not, <laughs> you, that's the best of both worlds. But I can do it without, and it's because of my years of therapy, and, you know, being dedicated, where I don't go off instead. It's like, I need you to see me and hear me, but I'm not, I'm not going to waste my breath getting mad it's gonna make you get mad and if I get mad and I don't have time for that. Either you gonna work through your shit so that we can work through our shit or you're gonna leave me alone. Like and I my um and it was like I'm not going to take this from you. But it wasn't me running off to be with my mama the way he sees it, right? It was just me leaving. <laughs> it was like I right. you wanna keep doing this you just not going to see me. <laughs> I'm going to move. Like, Daddy did not believe me when I said I was moving out senior year. I was like, I'm not coming back. Like, I need you to, to hear this and see this. And now he calls me every two weeks or so. I miss you so much. And then I'm like, well, now you know, right? Like, you know, I'm, you now you see what the fuck I'm talking about. And, like, I'm grown and he still don't really see that, right? Like, and, and neither do our siblings. None of our siblings see that I'm except you. <laughs> we just that it's like they still everybody sees me as a baby and they all think I'm just like fragile child because I went to the institution because I you know had my very loud breakdown and it's like no it was a necessary defeat in order to win you know like well, you know what I think that it's um it's it's the youngest child syndrome that's literally what it is. Yeah. Like, when you are the youngest, you are literally viewed as the baby, quote unquote, forever, <laughs> which is bullshit. Like, people, I don't understand what that's about. That's something that's, again, it's another one of those generational things that has been passed down forever and ever and ever and ever. But it's just like, people have to get over that. Like, just because you are the youngest does not mean you are the baby forever. And that just speaks a lot to language and what we say and things like that because when you're using these terminologies like people hold on and latch onto that bullshit and that's why people feel like that so yeah. what and the fuck am I? I think that it's a it, you know it's difficult right because they don't listen to me because of it right and I get labeled hysterical instead of just me being a worried younger sister <laughs> like I can be like I need you to stay inside because this corona shit gonna get us all killed. Like, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to check on mama and daddy because if you don't, they out, they out there on their own. I can't come home. And it's like, well, now you're just being hysterical. Like, you don't do it. And it's like, or, or I'm a grown woman who knows the, the, the realities of life and tragedy. And I need you to take care of yourself and our parents. Like, that's all it is. And it's hard to demand things and assert my voice because of that, you know, baby sister syndrome shit. And it's like, I just want y'all to listen. 
And then if I'm, if I'm saying that, it's like, oh, you're better than us. You know, you ain't never home. You don't never want to be with us. The uncles y'all don't see and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay. But, like, if I don't do this, y'all, like, I just thought you were going to be bigger and better than this. And it's like, I can't win. And, it's, <laughs> and I, we just got all off track. And now we're talking about breaking the <laughs> I was just about to say, all right, we're going to move on to the next question because yeah. that's an even deeper conversation. <laughs> but, you know, another talk, another day. But we have another question. Let's get a little lighthearted. Um, child, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what was it like to be alive during the Destiny's Child Prime? And R&B in general. I would like to know, um, I grew up with Beyonce, like, literally, she was going solo. (laughs) Like, I need to know what it was like to just watch it. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to take our, um, give the first pass to our resident um, Beehive president, Mr. Lonnie Austin. Uh, and let Thank him answer you first. so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, being alive during that history defining moment in music history, uh, my God, he blessed us so much with history. I mean, I remember, and let me stop being funny for a second. I remember the first time I saw um, No, 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 part one. Like, the video mm-hmm. where he saw them doing the live performance with Immature sitting in the actual seats along with Jack and that. that was a moment in itself. But to see what became, because I remember, like, the whole fallout with um, Jesse Child, the switching of the members and everything. It was a good moment in history to actually to sit there and say, I actually watched Beyonce become who she is today, let alone the actual members of Destiny's Child. But to just know that and to see her acknowledge even now her history as a musician, it just, it's so all-defying, especially when she does these grand performances. And of course, every time she has a major performance, she brings back Destiny's Child. So it's just wonderful to even remember or go back when and just like, oh, damn, I was this young when this came out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen. We were just okay. talking about how when Crazy and Love came out, we had no idea that we would still be singing it 20 years later. Like, like, <laughs> and that's to say, like, we were little, little. We were like three or four when that song came out. And here we are. <laughs> 20 years later, still singing this shit at the top of our fucking lungs. <laughs> like, and that was like her debut, you know? And like, here we are, still listening to this girl, watching her little documentaries and shit, and just being in awe. Yeah. It's like, to yeah. be even, and honestly, for me, the best moment in music history to me, especially as an R&B lover, was the neo-soul movement back in the early 2000s. That was music history. That was honestly the last time that you actually saw music in a pure form. It wasn't materialistic. The songs were actually about love. And they found a way to make it soulful. Some found a way to make it funk. And it just meshed well. And I, God, I miss that time of R&B more than anything because people actually gave a damn about songs that had a message in them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, growing up in 
a music loving family, like mm-hmm. on both sides for me, it was just like, uh, as it specifically pertains to Destiny's Child, it was interesting because I remember when they hit the scene with No, No, No. Um, and like, even now I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about how funny it was that they released the remix first and then they remixed, they released part one after the remix, which was really mm-hmm. funny. And the videos were t- polar opposites, all this stuff. Um, and thinking about how that debut album was like, it paled in comparison to what their history would become. Mm-hmm. Like, because when they hit the scene, like everybody was all over it. But that first album, though it has its own gems on it, it didn't really, I don't think that people really heard Destiny's Child until the writings on the wall came out. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I remember back in. Oh, dating myself um when we had the box music video channel and come on now videos came out Baby, every hour on the hour every, they played that video so much and i was so obsessed with that video and they did so many really innovative things in that video that was just like mind-blowing like from kelly having her purple highlights purple highlights pixie cut which was everything which was something that if I'm thinking correctly, not many black girls were doing at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, Khalees hit us with the curly, like, pink frosted tips, but, like, in R&B music, because Khalees was in her it's own life, to something totally different. Yeah. yeah. But, like, to see someone in R&B do something like that was really interesting. Um, for them to have a drag queen in the video was very interesting and very like avant-garde to that time. Like all that stuff was just really, really fucking cool. But and then watching the whole changing of the members and then like going to DC three and then we going from DC three to Beyonce going off into her own thing. It was just it was a time to be alive. I ain't gonna lie, that was a time, definitely a time to be alive with music. Definitely. I remember the mess the fair left in. <laughs> you remember who? Right. Wait, you don't remember who, Ray? Who? Fair left? Oh, left. she's still looking for her luggage. Anyhow. Bye, girl. You know what? Find that girl. And that's a really good segue question into my question I have for y'all generation. Why is y'all music so dark? And I'm going to say this before you answer. I was in a co-worker's car last week before last. I don't know who this rapper was, but he was playing this song. And I was listening to the lyrics, and I didn't know whether to bob my head or slit my wrists because he was giving very much it's dark as shit I'm not gonna live I don't wanna be here anymore and I was just like I need you to hear Whoa. this from like the, the deepest part of my soul por que no los dos so what you do is, is that you bop your head while doing detrimental things to your body <laughs> um, I say I, I would say because we grew up during peak emo era. Yeah. So late two thousands, early twenty tens was peak scene emo, um, alt pop, 
culture. Like everybody had the studded belt and the skinny jeans and the hair done all crazy, with crazy colors and the raccoon tails and the, you know, tripping, just tripping. And, and, and my dinosaur war. <laughs> Invaders in every scene. Yeah. 303, don't trust the whole, like, hit after hit. That's all about, that was like pop beats that were That's filled sad. with sad lyrics, right? Like, and I mean, I was listening to Avril Lavigne and the bitch was talking about how she was going to die. Like, yeah. she was out on the streets and she was going to go. Like, and like, it, and a lot of us were, Inspired by that, I mean, we had My Chemical Romance, Twilight Boys, Kind of Disco, Paramore, <laughs> and um, all of us grew up on that and being these like, <laughs> and like I had these girl, I had this one kid in my class who he slid his wrist right, and he would cover him up with like I love boobies bands and silly bands, and so he would be looking and he'd make up these jokes and then I would be like, but you are so fucking sad. Can I talk? Can we, what can we do? But at the same time, here I am, starting to me, writing statuses like, nobody cares about me, I'm gonna just die. Like, <laughs> and I'm laughing now, but I was like crying then. And so when we, and like all of us are still pretty depressed, pretty anxious, pretty much not dealing with the traumas that we endured then. Like I had a friend who ran away during that time and like, so I would listen to like 30 seconds to Mars and write dark poetry. And so now we're at an age where we're craving nostalgia, but also new sounds. And so what we get is funky pop beats and like trap beats mixed with those same depressing lyrics from when we were kids. And it's like, hell yeah, now you get it. Now we're on the same page. And it's like, and, and while a lot of us, are growing and healing. Mm -hmm. It's still something like cathartic to hear those words, I would say. And hope and obviously there are gonna be some people who are inspired to do bad things to themselves because of these songs. Yeah. But like they were also inspired to do bad things to themselves the songs from way back when. So it's like that's never gonna change. Even right. what the lyrics are like yeah. you're gonna do bad shit to yourself. You can't blame the media like media has an impact on us, but like sometimes that's just how brains work. And like but like we just kind of embrace it in a way. Like we don't find any shame in it. I guess we're a lot more vocal about mental health than I would say y'all were. I just want to say, even to bring up my kind of romance, I'm okay, but parentheses not okay. That was a huge thing because they told us it was okay not to be okay. Yeah. And I think that for so long we were so we were shamed. We were told you're being a drama queen. You're being overly emotional. Get over it. When I was a kid, I didn't have this and I didn't have that. I, I was depressed and blah, 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 blah. But it's like they didn't understand it. And so to have like those fans and even those musicians at that time mm -hmm. kind of give us a voice almost. Because I promise you, my mom hated me listening to Mike and Romance, Bullet from my Valentine, all the things. She's like, it's just, they're just screaming and they're talking about crying. And I'm like, yes, because that's how I feel every single day. <laughs> But so <laughs> even more than that is that now it's not just like white men telling us yeah. now it's, it's black, black kids black and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like there, there's a level of understanding there that even you know some of our favorite alt bands could not give us yeah. and now our favorite alt bands are like fucking married and have kids and their parents and so their stories are a little different than what we want right now I'm wrong. I 
Give the hint that stick with it. It is. And it's just like, it's good to hear other young black people who are in that same boat with us and are feeling feelings and are sad and trying to put and just letting it out. And it's a, it's a form of expression and it's just the renaissance of the emo movement, basically. And all my friends are dead. Sorry. Oh, oh God. <laughs> and look, 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 hey, look, for example, that nigga is a little goth bitch. <laughs> he just. He wear the fucking big bell bottom pants with all the belts, and they look like full size pants because he's short. But it's the aesthetic that they're shorts, and it's just like dyed <laughs> hair and and all the face piercings and the face tats. And that's the crazy shit about our generation. What the fuck is up with the face tats? I need y'all to retire that. <laughs> yeah, that shit is fucking crazy. Okay, so we're gonna do. Um... One more question a piece, and then we're going to close out. So you guys give a question, and then we'll give the last one. Okay, what the fuck is a Freaknik? Freaknik? And why do y'all want to <sighs> Okay. I don't understand. Wait, 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 wait. Did she just ask what Freaknik is? Yeah. Yes, she did. Girl. Girl. <laughs> so... <sighs> Marlon Pike is better describing Freaknik than I would. So, Freaknik, and I'm I, I'm only giving you my perception of what Freaknik was because I was the generation after Freaknik. So while it was happening, I was still a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you my perspective of what we knew of Freaknik at that time and then what we learned of what Freaknik actually was as adults and why I don't want to see her anymore. Um <laughs> <laughs> because I agree, it, yeah. it was glamorized a yeah. lot. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So Freaknik was like this. If I'm remembering correctly, it started off first of all in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. all of the HBCUs got together and had like this really big picnic down there, or whatever. Where I can't even remember what time of year it was. I don't know if it was like a spring break thing or whatever. I think it was spring break. Was it? So Mm -hmm. then it was a black spring break and everybody went down there doing real ratchet hoe shit. Ball headed hoe shit. Like went down there. Um, Luke and Two Live Crew was really big back then so it was all a lot of ass shaking all um, very high ponytails, short shorts curls uh a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, um, uh, a lot of uh, hedonism. So it was very sexual in nature, all that bullshit. And it just looked like the thing to do. Fast forward <laughs> to a couple of years ago where document video documentation of the things that actually happened during Freaknik's, specifically to black women. Y'all can keep her. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not gonna do that. Because the things that I saw women go through, literally, literal sexual harassment, literal, like, very rapey, cringy behavior. Like, I remember seeing videos that showed up online of women getting pulled out of their cars while they were driving. Like, they're barbaric. Like, 
women like it was already very crowded so like these streets were so like filled with people if you're driving you literally have to drive through people and you can't get past until they move so like if there's a car full of attractive women and all these niggas is out here like hey shawty what's going on let me holler at you and if you say no they're literally like either throwing liquor on you or pulling you out of your car or god forbid you're walking like they're grabbing you and like groping you and all i'm just like mm, no nah, you keep that uh, no you can keep all of that like i i didn't it, it, and it's crazy because again it shows you how number one technology has taken us to a place where the history of something like you pull the cover off of it now and I'm just like why did I ever want to be a part of this because it was glamorized when I was younger like it looked like a party a fun time everybody was having a great time you're all shaking their ass drinking liquor and shit and having a good time you went down there you got your freak on and you left now I'm looking at it like a lot of y'all was fucking against your will because you were getting raped yeah right you can keep that. I don't want no parts of that. Like, no, I'm good. Y'all mm-hmm. Like, granted, I'm, I'm sure that there were people that had actually decent times, but mm-hmm. what I saw, I know that especially that for was the, the majority. Exactly. Like, uh-uh, I'm good. No, y'all can keep that. No. Mm-hmm. So that's what freaking mm-hmm. was. No, thank you. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. Not at all. Um, Lana, you want to take our last question, or you want me to take it? Uh, you could take it because I don't think. Mm, I think. Ooh, okay. I saw your la- your very last one that you had in your notes. I want you to ask that. Okay. So, ladies, what is something you've always wanted to tell another generation, specifically the ones represented here in this session? When they blame you, don't automatically throw us under the bus. Damn. Damn. Boomers can say whatever the fuck they want to. They be wrong. It's all their fault anyway. Stop don't but don't take us down with you, goddammit. <laughs> we trying. We a lot of us still babies, <laughs> We the oldest and we only twenty three. That's not a lot of life. <laughs> oh my god. We let us make our mistakes. We will heal them over time. <laughs> but I don't I think largely I just want us to be understood. Like, a lot of us are just learning from getting, let's put it that way, getting mixed signals from boomers, Gen Xers, and millennials. Okay. And I think that we need to be allowed to grow up so that we can form our own outlooks and, you know, do it better than all three of y'all. Okay. You know? Fair. Fair. Give, and I, we need space. We need to be given space to grow. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the older millennials are getting to that point where they're starting to get the whole uh, grandpa pants up to the waist crotchetiness with the younger ones. And I think what I need y'all to do is to loosen the black belt. <laughs> And take a breath. Remember what you were like when you were 16 and 20 and 21 and just now beginning to really navigate the world given to you. And, you know, if you needed time to grow into yourself and your ideas and your politics and, and your morals, you, you, you have to give 
your younger counterparts the same space and you hold them with grace so that they and you know they can learn from you properly instead of feeling judged and so you know in order to br bridge that gap both sides have to kind of learn how to communicate with each other but like mm -hmm. one side is significantly younger and has to learn how to communicate period you feel me and like again the older versions so. i think to piggyback off the communication part it's okay to listen to people. <laughs> it's absolutely okay. And that's there for my parents. My parents are only, what, 20, 30 years older than me? Yeah. So it's like... I mean, no. They're like, your mom is like 15 years older than you. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, specifically to my parents, I wish they had listened to me about my younger brother. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be in the situation that we are now if they had listened to me. Um, but I was told I'm a kid in a kid's place. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not a parent, blah, blah, blah. And yet, look where we are now. Look who's in the Cook County jail system. We <laughs> coughing, yakking, can't breathe, and can't eat, can't sleep. To even piggyback off of that, I wish that they had my parents, you know, the same way. Mama is 40 years older than me. Daddy is 31 years older than me. And neither one of them would ever listen to shit I said. And it's like, okay... I'm telling you that, you know, I don't feel my happiest, right? And I'm telling you that you are clearly not feeling your happiest. You know, I'm telling mama, like, you can't keep, uh, you have to move, you have to walk around, you can't keep, um, can, your diet can't stay this way if you want to heal, like, if you don't change this way, they're going to take this from you, you're going to get sick again, you're back in the hospital, she never listened, and now she don't got a leg and she's missing the kidney. Like, you know, I'm telling daddy, you're going to have to slow down drinking and smoking. And now he's having kidney and liver problems. And it's like, I keep telling y'all to look out for this shit. And I'm telling daddy, you need to see the doctor, you need to see the doctor. And so then he wait too long and he goes to the doctor and it's a new thing wrong with him. Right? And like, you know, I had to call them at the beginning of all this shit and be like, are y'all get like, do you need to get tested? What do you mean daddy is sick? What do you mean he has a fever? Like, and I had to rally the troops to make them get, you know, the help that they needed. And, you know, I have to tell them, I'm like, well, you can't be mad at your kids for the way that they act when you're the one who taught them to act that way. You know, like, especially with daddy and our, and the second oldest brother, I don't want to say his name, but you know who I'm talking about. And it's like, you can't be so fucking, like, you can't be at his neck about what, the, what he does when one, you taught him how to do this, you didn't give him any chance to be anything other than this, and he act just like you. How are you mad at him for being you? You didn't, it's not like you was there to guide him, to show him to be a better man than you are. All you ever showed him was to be the man that you are. And now he is, mm -hmm. you're mad. <laughs> and it's like, I said, all I want y'all to do is to, to listen and to hear us. And sometimes we do know what we're talking about. I know we look like we all, you know, airheads, but we we know some things. You know, I read books. I, you know, <laughs> telling daddy, I'm like, I want you to know that you have anxiety, and uh, I sat there and I looked at him, and he said, "You don't know what you're talking about." You know, he on now anti-anxiety meds. Why? He has severe anxiety and PTSD. Ooh. I what did I say? How many times have I said, Mama, you're not happy? He's not happy. Why are you doing this? 
now they're 25 years in, and it's like, well, now you're fucking stuck. It's not my problem. Last name. I'm still pissed about it. I will never get over it. I'm sorry. Like, I'm so upset. Most people will be super excited if their parents got married, but no. No. And it's just, but y'all see what I mean? Like, we get so razzled. It's like, don't nobody ever hear us. Like, we be screaming into the void. And I'm like, I'm like, but you know what? The interesting thing about all of this is is the fact that each generation from our parents on down has this moment yeah. where it's like we want you to listen because we are living in the now. Yes, yeah. you have given us tools and tutelage from your upbringing, but we are living in the now. And the now is not what was. So yeah. you have to evolve. A lot of us are products of households like that. Um, I know for my generation, and Lonnie, I don't know if you experienced this as well, but I came from the generation where children were seen and not heard. Uh, that is a so, major, major code. Right. So something I appreciate about you all's generation that I couldn't stand at first is that you all actually have voices. And that's a bit of the reason why we have a lot of the shit that we have that you guys have problems with because we weren't taught to be vocal. We were still on that tail end of swallowing your emotions, swallowing your feelings, and just dealing with things as they are. Granted, we rebelled a little bit, you know, um, by kind of like doing things against the norm. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that our generation is probably the first to start coming out, like, early, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like our, our generation is probably the first that started coming out around sixteen, you know, fifteen, and that being a thing. And then you all's generation was like, "Bitch, I'm eleven, and I am, you know, whatever." Like enter whatever year. <laughs> you know, granted, like for me, it was like, okay, bitch, I've been doing this since eight, but I'm gonna wait till sixteen, and sixteen is when I'm gonna do it. Y'all, like, no, bitch, this is this is where we are. Either you're gonna deal with it, and then you all come with a wealth of knowledge and understanding about life that we were taught to ignore. You know, right. what I mean? so you all are literally the generation that's gonna take us into the next level, like healing. All this bullshit that we came with, Lonnie, which was right. So my thing is this: um, Ray spoke a lot about basically acknowledging the signs of mental health. We come from a generation, like Marlon said, where we're seen, we're not heard, um, and even when it came to situations of mental health, we had—I don't know if you guys had this, you and Ray had it—but I came from a family where you just prayed about it, or you got dismissed, got shunned away. Like, mm-hmm. like, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. And then here you are, years later in your adult life, dealing with especially anxiety and depression. And you don't know why or where it came from. And then when you unpack your trauma, everyone's looking at you like you have two fucking heads. Mm-hmm. So you've been screaming <laughs> about this since you were a kid. Yeah. Yes. What is going on. And that is the one thing I appreciate about the generation, about the new generation, is the fact that like Marla said, you guys are vocal with how you feel. You're vocal with what needs to be said, and you don't wait or decide to piggyback off of, like, not piggyback, excuse me, or suppress it yeah. until it just until it gets to a point where you guys can't take it anymore. You actually are very vocal in how you feel in the moment. Yeah. Opposed to just suppressing it and just be like, I'll deal with it later. No, later will be you basically trying to breathe because your anxiety attacks are that severe. 
Marlon and I did move in the household, especially since Daddy's a Jehovah's Witness. My mama's a Methodist. And they, when I first had my quote-unquote breakdown, <laughs> all I kept getting was phone calls. You need to go to the temple. And you just need to, God don't guide you. You're just a little lost right now. You're in a period of darkness. And it's like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> and I need help. And, you know, that's the, that was the end of my relationship with my grandma. To be honest, it was like, well, what Jesus going to do now? Where he been? I go to a Catholic school. Where he been? When I'm in the church. All the, where he been? I don't think y'all... And, so, and, and it's, it, it was at a time where daddy was like on the break and he did not believe me. He was like, you just acting out. You want attention. And it's like, I'm the only child in this house right now. I get plenty of attention. I don't need y'all attention no more. I'm tired of looking at y'all. The problem is I don't want to be here. And I don't know where I want to go, but I know it's not here. And that's a problem. Help me. And it was like, it was really difficult. And, and because I was the youngest, all of the kids were out of the house. And so all of the information y'all were getting about it was coming from my parents, right? And here's the thing about parents. They're going to they gonna spin the story however that fits them and their narrative and how it works. <sighs> and in a way, oh, solve themselves with any guilt that there could possibly be. And I think that's mm-hmm. what daddy had the most. And I think a lot of us can agree with that, and no matter the generation, is that that idea that they have failed you somehow haunts them. And so they have to say, you're wrong. You can't possibly be sick. Nothing can be wrong with you. And it's like, okay, but I'm living with not only my own traumas and my own issues, I'm living with yours. You're passing them down. I got generations and generations of Hello. on my shoulders and all this expectation to, to solve it and to get rid of it so that y'all can rest easy, right? So you have mm-hmm. to do this now so that I can eventually bring you out of it. So now I need you to hear me that I can be okay so that you can be okay. But they can't get past the fact that somehow they have fucked up. And it took daddy until I went to college to be like, I <laughs> did until I was getting aggressive with it college, to be like, I have done you wrong, right? Like it took daddy breaking my door down to be like, I'm not, I have not been good to you. And it's like, oh really? Is that like, you don't say. who would have thought? And, <laughs> and, For real. and his own issues. <laughs> for things to come to fruition. And now I get to talk to you and the siblings and be like, you know, I wasn't just, and you know who was living with us? Our cousin, Asia. And she was like, I don't, it, it's so hard to see you like this. It's not, you know, the cousin that I know. And it's like, but it is. You just weren't paying attention. You know, like this is who I've always been. And now I get to tell that my side of the story instead of y'all just hearing it from mama and dad. And it's like right. it's a whole new vision. And I think that's something that has to happen. These conversations, like the one we're having right now, and the conversations I've had with Marlon over the last like year or so, have to happen in order for us to see and hear each other and come to that understanding, so that we can grow and make the world that we want to see. Like I want to bring the world that y'all have envisioned your whole lives to to fruition. I want to continue y'all legacy. I want to continue our parents' legacy and move on and make this shit greater. But I can't do that unless I hear everybody's voice. And so it's me, like, I appreciate y'all because y'all have spent y'all adulthood outgrowing the shit that 
you know, the generation above you had instilled in you, you know? Y'all have spent generation this, your time reading and becoming educated and, and unlearning the oppressive shit that has destroyed the families before us. And so with that growth that y'all do, y'all pass it on us, and that's what we need. And I believe in having... I don't want to age y'all too much, but having my elders <laughs> and learning <laughs> and to have, you know, obviously I'm blessed to have both of my parents still alive and I do learn from them. It's difficult because sometimes they be wrong. <laughs> and, 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 but like my parents are gen, are boomers and, and gen X, right? Like boo, luckily both you and both um, Auntie Sherry and Daddy are both Gen X, but like my mama's a boomer through and through. She bless her. She don't be getting it. And like and it's just fun to watch how they are coming into this new generation as well and how they're learning from me. And I think that's just the constant cycle of life is is teaching each other and like learning from each other's experiences. And I think that that's why this episode is so cool. Cause you get to hear, and obviously we said some goofy shit. We asked about fucking Freaknik, right? Of course, of course. You gotta ask about Freaknik. It's ninety. It's ninety. Listen. Yeah, there's some things that come from y'all where I'm like, I don't. Whatever y'all talking about, just don't make no sense to me. And I, I don't see it. I was not there. I cannot understand it. But so like conversations like this are so fun because there's there's markers in history that I'm so far removed from, like especially black culture wise, where I can we came in on tail end of southern rap and crunk culture, you know, and oh, what that, a time. You know, that was a time for like, real. That shaped my childhood, and so and it's crazy because especially as being older Gen Gen Z, right? There's like people who were born in 2000 and 2002 who don't know shit about that. They don't remember it. Nothing. And I see it on TikTok all the time. And I'm like, but I'm not that much older than you. That doesn't make sense. But somehow in my own generation, there's a generation like that where I'm like, we not on the same wavelength. I hate the end of the, the fucking jump off. <laughs> I don't you know, like I don't know what's going on. And but it's eventually we're gonna be talking to them. Trying to understand it. Yeah. Oh child. Yeah. I don't wanna That's get up. Real I ain't ready. Because, <laughs> like, if that your brother will be out and we will talk to him once he gets his mind together, whenever that may be. You mean when he's in Yeah, that's going to be so fun. So, I think that concludes the questions that we have. Mm -hmm. um, yes. It is time to go into the closing segment that we have. It's called the mental health tip. Um, Ray and Danny, I want you guys to go first. <laughs> Mental health tips. Child. <laughs> Listen, this quarantine. Uh, <laughs> I will say it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. As long as you accept that you're going to have your moments where you're going to break down, you're going to cry, you're going to have those moments where you're super emotional and you're not going to it. But as long as you acknowledge that it's okay not to be okay and then you reach out to someone, even if it's just to rant or to just, I don't know, just to talk to somebody and just have them work with you, it feels 10 times better than just sitting in your room, laying under the covers. Um, my mental health is to find something 
So it gives you joy that isn't going to stress you. Something that'll give you take you away for a little bit. Um, I gotten back yoga myself, and yesterday was really therapeutic. I did a fucking session at ten forty-five at night, <laughs> and I had this moment where I, I was just like, I did yoga by Adrienne on YouTube, and there was this moment where she said, "Feel whatever you need to feel right now." And let that be, and don't be afraid of it, and just experience it. This is the perfect time to be with yourself and let yourself be. And like by the end of it, I was crying, and I was like, "Huh, I'm just like, I'm not gonna ask why, but it's happening, not okay." And I think that's that's something you have to tell yourself because a lot of our issues, you know, you know, with repressing feelings is like being like, "I don't, you don't, you you stop learning why you're feeling this way, and you get scared of it, and you just you know resist it." And I've had to learn to just let myself feel. And so, you know, find that thing that makes you feel where you don't really know why you're feeling it, but it's happening and you just have to relax into it and just let it be. Like, I just cried it out, wiped my face. Who's about to leave? You know, who's going to get sick? And, you know, where it just feels so dark and heavy all the time, where everybody seems to be talking about doom. You have to find ways to lie in your day. You have yeah. to find ways to, to step away from that and be free and just breathe. And you have to let yourself cry. You have to let yourself breathe. This shit is scary. And um, that's, that's really my tip for the day. My I think I'll give my mental health tip as it pertains to the conversation that we're having right now. Um, take a break from the bullshit that's going on right now and reach out to somebody in your family, in your wheelhouse <laughs> that is younger than you and have this dialogue. Like, Ray and I have like revisited, revamped <laughs> our relationship with each other because we encountered each other in very interestingly enough very developmental stages of our lives because I was in her life at the very beginning of her life until like she was probably three and at the same time I was like 16 freshly out and like learning who I was as a person and then like we had this break where we weren't together anymore and then we came back during her developmental stages of teenage like teenage them and then now we're back as adults and it's been so ridiculously refreshing for me because my sister has a wealth of knowledge that I had no idea about because people treated me differently than they treated her and vice versa so Take the time out to reach out to somebody in a generation that is not yours and actually learn. You will be amazed at the little nuggets of knowledge that you find out from people that have a different life experience than you have. Like, do that because it'll bring you a lot of joy. I know it's brought me a lot of joy. I enjoy talking to my sister. We'd be on the phone for like three, four hours Literally. just shooting shit. Like, it's, it's everything. So that's my mental health tip. Take a break from all this COVID shit and like talk to somebody else about good shit. Learn. Um, I have three quick things. Um, we won't be oh, here long. Achiever. 
Um, first of all, fuck Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> Son. Second, turn off the fucking news. Stop looking at that shit. Stop panicking. Oh my god, um, please. Please. Turn off the fucking news. Stop looking at it. And number three, I'm going to reiterate this shit again. Y'all have enough time in y'all days on this quarantine to research, do the work for yourself, start open a business, like, or do the groundwork for a business. You have all the time in America. TikTok is going to be there when this shit is over. Get off of fucking TikTok, get off of Instagram Live, and go do some fucking work of your own and learn to discover who the fuck you are. And then reiterate what I said earlier. With that being said... Ray and Danny, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank y'all. <laughs> and the interwebs where they can find y'all. Um, so you can find us at underscore 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 M R A D on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Anchor at Misadventures of MRAD and also Spotify and Apple Music. Apple podcast. Apple podcast. Yeah, Apple podcast and all of that other. Pretty, pretty much any platform because we got Anchor and they just distribute us wherever the hell they want to. Um, and, you know, while y'all at it, if y'all into true crime, child, we got something for you. We got what would you do? <laughs> okay. Yes. Tell you about some black and brown people who do some wild shit and who get wild shit done to them. Um, and you can find that at on Instagram and Twitter, what would you do podcast on Facebook and our website, what would you do podcast.com? Y'all can find us, but mm. <laughs> once again, ladies, thank you guys so much for being here. That is the show for this week. Thank you guys so much and see you next week. Bye. Peace out. Bye.